Hello, Internet, and welcome to Say Report Junior, the podcast you should be listening to, subscribe to, and downloading every week, uh, and the podcast where two Internet friends who have never met in real life get to know each other over the Internet. Dang it. I said Internet too many times. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, we're going to nail that down. I am... And I when am we do, we your... record it and play it every yeah. week. <laughs> yep. Yeah, one day, we'll just like record a solid opening. Um, I am one of your hosts, companions, Zach Sarawick. And I am your other host companion who shouldn't have taken a drink of water, uh, <laughs> Dale Decker. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It's been, oh, God, it's been a long, like, week and a half. Because I think last time we recorded it was a Monday. It was a Monday so, or a Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. 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 So it's just been, been a long been a nine days. It's been a um, while. And I think that means, oh, God, let's Sorry. not try. <laughs> now no, I'm just, re- like, flashing back to the, the Spider-Man theme from last week. We shouldn't oh, try and great. sing together again uh, oh afterwards um, by the way afterwards i like recorded like three or four different versions of me singing it trying to get like a good one down for us to play if we ever so we can just... slot it in yes yeah, so we can put it in whenever we do spoilers fantastic it's great uh, uh, <laughs> so i think that means we both have a lot to talk about this week uh, so yeah. it was a long one so let's yeah. jump right into it how has your week been and i know <laughs> I know sort of what the first answer is going to be, but how has your week been? Um, it's been an interesting week, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Anytime, is, that anytime, a, like, is that an insult? Anytime, like, two days leading up to a, a podcast, I get a text from you that's like, you need to watch something, and then we need to talk about it, and then we need to find something else to talk about so I feel better. Like, ooh, ooh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been a very... Uh, media filled week it's like i've been watching a lot of stuff and seeing a lot of movies watching a lot of movies and um re-watching movies and watching tv and everything like that uh but it it really started off um did a retro gaming night which is the reason why we kind of moved our recording around is because i wanted to talk about that um and it was really cool it was like Compared to the retro gaming convention I went to, I mean, this gaming, the retro gaming night was mu- on a much smaller scale. It was at a bar. It was, but it was. Was really... it run by any of the same people, or no, is it just no, no, it no, just no, happened no. to be called? Okay. Yeah, no, it was just like the same kind of like idea Vibe. of like just yeah. retro games, and it was like really cool. It was uh, me, Devin, and Jeff, who is a friend of the Say Report. Um, Jeff, who I believe has been on, what, their Oscar specials? Uh, that Jeff? Yes, yes, that like, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was us three, and we went and uh, just, like, had a really good time at this bar and were able to talk to the guy who was running it and had a good time. There were um, – it was cool because, like, the three of us got there pretty much when it started and stayed throughout the whole time. It was, like, maybe three hours, maybe two or three hours long. Um, but it was, like, really fun to watch, like, other people from the bar just, like – poke there poke in and like like come in and come out and just play a round of like Mario Kart or something and it was like really cool and it it felt good like having people just be like oh I'm gonna play this and I gotta go like I did like it felt like retro like it felt like how video games should feel like it (laughs) is it's it really is just like this is a time passer while I drink a beer and chill out. Like, this is just a fun time for me. Have you ever Uh, seen the last Starfighter? No, I need to. 
So the, the the best thing about that um, is that the the arcade game he's playing is just like sitting outside of like a bar or a gas station or something. Oh, really? It's like the most yes. random. Okay. Yeah, it's just like there, okay. and it's just like you watch it like from. I get well these days it probably makes more sense because you're like oh yeah an arcade machine at a bar that makes total sense. But yeah. for some reason, like when I watched it before that concept like solidified in my head, I was like how weird to just put like an arcade machine in a bar. I would love that. <laughs> I mean it's. It makes sense. Like I, uh, I was talking about. There's a brewery around here who, which has like free arcade games, and it just makes perfect sense because there's no real pressure. It's just for fun. It's like a, ch- it's a chill, chill out kind of thing, and it's, it's weird that it has become such like a competition based thing as well. Like we were able to find competitions to rally around it but it was it was like really cool just to like go to a bar and sit down and just have like appetizers and just chill out with no pressure on you and just play these like retro gaming games and all that you know so that was that was how it started it was it was really fun um and then i saw venom i almost called it carnage i don't know why but um (laughs) no that that one comes (laughs) Next that by someone, all reports. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> sometime in, I don't know. But, um, so, uh, Venom. So I saw Venom. Freaking fantastic. And I can't wait to talk oh, about it. Um, I, I, I got to find a way to see, see it. it. Um, it was just so much fun. Like, I don't want to go into too much detail because I am 100% positive that we are going to have an episode about it. Um, but yeah, it was just insanely fun. Like, I had a smile on my face the entire time. And it's exactly what you want out of a Venom movie. <laughs> yeah, like I remember when the trailer came out and I was like, okay, here's here's what I'm noticing from this trailer right away. 90% of the people in this movie are going to take it super seriously yep. and it's going to be like, we're going to do this all dark and serious. But then Tom Hardy and Venom are just going to be like, why the fuck would we take this seriously at all? We're coming in here to just have some fucking fun. Yeah. And like that's what I wanted was this like campy movie where everyone's trying to do something serious and Venom's just like, nah, fuck that. Mm-hmm. No seriousness for us. We're just here to we're just here to just mess things up. And I mean that's pretty much what you get. So yes. it's it's Perfect. it's a fun one. It is definitely a fun one. Um yeah, I'm just not, I'm not gonna sit too much on that because like I know I know we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, I gotta go. So, uh, I gotta go out of town this weekend, and I will probably find a way to get to a movie yeah. theater. I'm looking for something to see, so I'll probably see that. <laughs> Hopefully, perfect. Um, maybe there'll be a next week's episode. Let's stay tuned. Um, <laughs> so then Friday was my other day off, and I did nothing and it was glorious (laughs) i did laundry and sat on the couch and just watched netflix which is something that i don't normally do um i usually am either like i'll either play a video game or like do chores or something like that or like go out somewhere i haven't sat on the couch and just watched netflix for like hours in a real long time (laughs) um but i watched a show and we're gonna save it for the end of the for near the end of the episode, because uh, <laughs> I got a lot to say about it. And immediately stopped watching that show because <laughs> spoilers did not enjoy it. Uh, stopped watching it about and then continued about ten minutes into episode two. About ten minutes <laughs> into episode two. Yes, exactly. Um, and then I watched and finished season two of episodes, 
which I don't know if you've ever heard of or watched. I, or... I have heard of it, but I have not watched it yet. It's... But I have always been very interested in it. It is so good. And I highly <laughs> re- recommend it. Oh, that's good. I always feel like um, I, always, I always look at episodes and realize that the show is still like going. Mm, I think it like in like so five like five seasons of it. Yeah, and every year, every time I see its existence, I go, "Oh, thank God, Matt LeBlanc is still working." Yeah. Like I feel like it's it's such a good it's it's so funny. So episodes for anybody who doesn't know is basically a a British couple. Uh, has a, like, award-winning, like, well-renowned, everybody loves this show um, in Britain and in England and all of that, and everybody loves it. It's called Lyman's Boys, and it's about a um, like headmaster at a school, at a boarding school or whatever, and it's, like, the stuff that goes on in there. Um, and an American network producer is like, we want to make an American version, which happens so often, and it right. is usually terrible. <clears throat> the, the American uh, see, version see coupling, is... See, uh, <laughs> coupling was so bad, I think it lasted three episodes yeah. and got cut out. I mean, there was, ah. uh, they made, the IT crowd, um, they made an American pilot, and then nothing ever came of it. That it became the Big Bang Theory? Didn't, anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but, like, there, I mean... In betweeners, there was a remake of that. There was a remake of Skins. Like, there's um, all these remakes that are, and the American version is usually way worse. For um, the um, Doctor Who revival, <laughs> they were going to make Doctor Who in collaboration with BBC and Fox. Really? And the only thing to come out of that is the Doctor Who movie starring Paul McGann as the eighth Doctor, and it is the only time he has ever played the Doctor until like. Years later, for the Day of the Doctor special, they did like a short with him. Oh, God. But that is the only time Paul McGann ever got to play the Doctor because they did this TV yeah. movie that was going to be a pilot for Fox re- reviving um, Doctor Who in like 1996. And it is one of the most glorious and terrible things I have ever seen, including Eric Roberts as like the bad guy. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> but it is like so clearly like. They had no idea to, what to do what with this they, British property to make it as American as possible. Yeah. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. So, so that's what this show is about. Is that the they're like they agree to it because they get to go to LA and they're like, hey, like it's something new to do and let's just do it. Let's go. Let's go for it. Uh, and they, of course, are promised like, hey, you'll be able to have your original lineman. Like, he will be able to come from your show to our show. And I don't know his name, but it's the uncle from the Harry Potter movies. Okay. Who is playing Lyman? Um, and they ha- they make him re-audition for the part. <laughs> and he gets in there, and they're like, "Can you do it in a Texan accent? Accent? Like, can you be a Texan for this?" And he tries, and he like uses this Texan accent, and it is awful. He <laughs> he starts sweating. He is fumbling over words, and it's dialogue that he has known for years, and he is fumbling over it. And it is the worst audition that you've ever probably seen. And it just is is so painful to watch. Um, and then they hire Matt LeBlanc, and Matt LeBlanc is to be Lyman and Matt LeBlanc is like an alternate dimension Matt LeBlanc 
<laughs> is he like... playing himself? Like, is he named Matt LeBlanc yes. in the show? Yes. So oh, it's... I didn't know that. Yeah. I assumed he was so... just playing a character. Mm-hmm. That's even better. No, so it's it's Matt LeBlanc playing Matt LeBlanc. But in my opinion, like, I've seen <laughs> Matt Le- like Matt LeBlanc. I don't want to keep saying his name because his name is so, like, weird I want you to, to continue. I want to go back to this first name basis you were about to do. I've seen that. <laughs> I I've really seen what Matt can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, But it's so... I've seen him do, like, interviews and whatnot, and he just seems very reserved and really chill and calm, and he is so not that <laughs> in episodes. So it's that this really be... weird thing. It's And it's crazy. It's crazy to watch because, like, this is not this – this can't be who Matt LeBlanc really is. Like, obviously, he is playing a character of himself – and I appreciate the hell out of that. It must like, be really fun to do to be like, yeah. I, like especially like after Friends, and then Joey mm. flops and all of that stuff, and like he's never. I mean, aside from Lost in Space, I can't think of. Oh, there's one. He's in Man with a Plan, and Man with a Plan is fantastic. He's also in a. He's also in a monkey movie. Uh, yeah, Ed. Ed, Thank do you. not yes. badmouth Ed. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't remember what it was called. I just remembered oh. like that's all I remember is Matt LeBlanc you. and a monkey. So, that, that, he is a chimpanzee, and that sorry. movie is fantastic. <laughs> so, right? like, to, to be able to, like, take all of that from that past and bring it into a character where you just get to play oh, yourself, yeah. and, like, this is probably his, in this being his second most successful role, <laughs> is just being him goofing off yeah. with the fact that he's himself, yeah. is probably just extremely fun for him. Yeah, he just, he's just a jerk. Like, he plays a jerk. and But there are moments where he doesn't, like... It it's almost like he doesn't understand he's a jerk. Like he does he like there are moments where he's like, Yeah, I was an asshole. Like that was that I can't believe I said that to you and I am sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> like and it's and yeah, he does the like he just doesn't think and then after the fact he's like, I can't believe I did that, I am sorry. Or or it's like the inverse where it's like, that's a that's a jerk thing to do. Like, it's almost what? like that's not Hollywood... how you be a human being. Yeah, I didn't know that. it's it's <laughs> almost like kind of a a, a um, oh, what's the word? It's like um, it's like a, a thing to be spoken of of Hollywood too. It's like he's so used to like seeing other people being this way and acting this way. Where he acts that way, and you have these um, this this English couple saying, "What are you doing?" And he's just like, "What? what? That's Hollywood. Like this is that, how yeah, people he's got that act. Kind of, this yeah, is he's how... got that kind of like American yeah, celebrity like, bubble that exactly, he's like stuck in. Exactly. Okay. And it's it's really cool to like to watch the, <laughs> them kind of teach him how to be a human being. <laughs> and yet he he really doesn't learn from it. <laughs> he learns from it at, at in some spots in season two, which is the the what I finished on Friday. But yeah, it's I highly recommend it. It is so oh, so much fun, and it it speaks it shines like a pretty cool light on the you know the cross between British television and American television and British humor versus american humor and right british humor is just better <laughs> in, in a, a lot, lot of ways, of ways. Yes. 
Um, it is a reason why I watch British now. Why now I am watching British game shows and British comedians, and why I've always been really watching that, even as a kid, is what I I was watching that kind of stuff. The only humor that I don't really love is Monty Python, and which is crazy, but it's kind of has its own baggage in that I had to, I was forced to watch Holy Grail, like search for the oh, Holy God. Grail on a band trip with all these band geeks who oh, yeah, that's were the worst quoting way. the yep. entire movie. Mm-hmm. That is I, the worst way to watch that movie. That is absolutely the worst yeah, way to watch that movie yeah, for the first so time. I have real bad memory connections to Monty Python. Well, so I'm just going to stay I, away from that. But if I can make a suggestion then to connect it to episodes. So the woman that's in that tent, I'm just looking her up because I had to get her name. Tamsin yeah. Grieg, I is think she, is her name. Is she who plays? Um... Uh, she plays, I'm just looking at now because that would be Beverly. Beverly, she plays okay. Be- she does yes. play Beverly. So she is, she is on a show called Black Books. I don't okay. know if you've ever watched it. No. Um, so the other guy, so it's really funny because it's like all of these side people who have come across like Edgar Wright. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost stuff mm-hmm. are all the main characters in this show. And Simon Pegg and Nick Frost actually show up in a couple of episodes as like side characters for one or two episodes. But Black Books is about this guy, um, I forget, something black that owns a book, uh, like used bookstore, uh-huh. but he is completely drunk and, you know, angry all the time. And oh, okay. he cared to, he could give two shits about the, sh- the, the shop actually like being profitable. He just likes to have the excuse to sit in a store and drink all day. And she plays like his best friend who, who like owns like the shop next door or something, and spends half her day coming over and drinking wine with him in That's the shop. That's fantastic! Like I want to watch that now. Um, but she is fantastic. I yeah. love her. I never knew her actual name um, until now, but I love her. She is. <laughs> yeah, she's she's so, so good. Funny. She yeah, it's it yeah, she's very funny in that show and and just in general. I've never seen her not be mm. excellent things. So that's good. Yeah. I'm glad that that show I'm glad that episodes is so good. Yeah. And uh, I, and I was just I I was like, you know, I'm just going to try it. I'm going to watch it, Malablanc's in it. Let's see where it goes. And it man does it. It grabs me. So like it just hits hits some some points. I don't know. It it's made me cry. It's made me laugh out loud. It's, you know, it's it's so much fun. It is so much fun. Um, yeah, so that's really been my week. The other the other stuff really is just more television whatnot. And I rewatched Shallow Hell, and that movie is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that movie yeah. is awful. Especially after we talked about I Feel Pretty. Pretty, like, yes. Like, that was like a... I was like surprised when you texted me that. I was like, why would you go backwards from that even? Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> But it's really just a bad movie. It yeah, I got a, so I got a strong bad. feeling. I got a strong feeling the Farley brothers will not be remembered as fondly as they were like in the last ten oh, years. Oh yeah, no, no, I don't think so at all. And then um, finish Get Shorty, the season two of Get Shorty, which I don't know if you've been watching or have, seeing anything of that. No, I have uh, not actually seen the show at all. Have you seen the movie? I've seen the movie. Yes. Okay, okay. the show is not like the movie except for they're working on movies that's really it but it's not the same characters or anything like that it's really Hmm. just borrowing basically the movie plot of get shorty and the title of get shorty but it's so good 
it is such a good like mob drug cartel kind of show where and it has so much heart behind it it's good if you can get access to it i it's another one that i highly recommend <laughs> along with black clover which is also what i've been watching these past couple of days <laughs> uh, see i've been on that my hero academia <laughs> stretch so yeah. that's my that's my anime right now <laughs> But yes, that's that's pretty much been it. Is a lot of just watching stuff <laughs> and yeah, like getting I mean, up, getting upset with a lot of it, but then having all of these <laughs> wonderful things just clouding that ups that anger and being like, it's okay. There are still good things in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anybody's been following our Twitter feed, if they've seen the list of things I have done in this past week because yes. uh, I had tweeted that out, and that was mainly because again, sometimes we have weeks like this where. We have weeks where it's like, I did one thing all week. Yeah. I played Spider-Man for two exactly. weeks, and I didn't do anything else. And then I have weeks where I do a million things, and I can't remember half of them because I just am doing too much. Yeah, this but... week was really like, oh, I need to talk about, oh, <laughs> I didn't even talk about the story that I texted you about last night about me going into the wrong class. Maybe we'll save oh, that God. for later. Yeah. We'll save that that'll for later. Be, that, that'll, that'll, yeah, that's going to be... <laughs> That's going to be our bumper at the end of the yeah, other show we haven't yeah. talked about yet. Um, um, yeah, no, but it this entire week was like, I need to talk about that. I need to talk about that. All right, this needs to be talked about. <laughs> like, Yeah, so while continuing our TV recommendations, mm. I, are you done with your week besides that other oh, show? yeah, no, I'm done. End? Okay. That was pretty I, much my week. I'm excited okay. to hear what you have to say about Tank Girl. Because oh, anytime, I love it. love it so much. Anytime I get to talk about Tank Girl makes me so happy. <laughs> Um, well, okay, that's going to be my last thing, so we'll get to that. Thank but God. before that, we had, uh, so I started last week with rewatching Over the Garden Wall. Have you ever watched okay, that? Okay, so I wanted to watch that, and I watched the first episode, and then was never, because it was on, and I was balancing classes and all that, and right. we didn't have the best cable at school, so right. you had to keep uh, track of the time and all of that. Do you have Hulu now? Is that something I that happens? I do. Really? Is it okay. on Hulu? It is on Hulu. Oh, shit. And it takes less than two hours to watch yeah, because it is only 10 short. episodes, but it's the um, it's the Adventure Time Steven Universe set of episodes of like 11 to 12 minutes. Yeah. So 10 episodes, and that's it. It's one season, miniseries. It's this beautiful story. So I'm not going to spoil anything then other than like it's just the story of these two brothers that get lost in the woods and have to find their way home. Um, and so they're going through this very like fanciful forest, uh, land to do that. And, um, Elijah Wood is the main character. It is the is older Elijah brother. Wood, right? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think Christopher Lloyd does some voice work mm -hmm. in that too. Like they, they've got a bunch of good people to yeah. come in, but yeah. yeah, it is one of the animators from Adventure Time that like got the chance, got the opportunity to just be like, Hey, I want to do this 10 episode series and Cartoon Network's like, yeah, sure. Go right ahead. Yeah, no, I, um, the, so, like I said, I wanted to watch it, and I watched that first episode and loved it, and then never saw it again. And then Steven Universe came out, and I never watched it. And then a show called Star vs. the Forces of Evil came out, and I have watched every episode of that. And I'm in love with that show. Um, like, it is, it's so much fun. And I think Seijin has talked about it, too. Um, yeah, it is, I think he has. Because so... I think it's, um, was oh. it Alex Hirsch that guy that created Gravity Falls, I think also works on Star now, um, now that Gravity Falls is done, I want to say. Might, he might work on it, but it's created by Darren Nefsey, who, okay. and she, I don't, I don't think she's <clears> ever <throat> created anything. I think this is the first, like, real, 
um, thing that she has gotten to be on a network or something. I could be wrong, but she, I bet you, I bet you, she comes along with Rebecca Sugar of working on like yes. Adventure Time or Stephen Universe yeah, first, because so... that's where Rebecca Sugar started was Adventure Time, yeah. and then was able to pitch Stephen Universe, mm-hmm. and they kind of go out from there. I think, so. I think like all those guys, like they, they've all. They really do they really work on all of these shows because you see their Twitter feeds and Darren Nefsey has definitely tweeted about Gravity Falls or Steven right. Universe. But the th- when I started watching Star is when I started seeing it being compared and like fan drawings happening with Gravity Falls, Steven Universe and Over the Garden Wall. So it made me want to watch those three other shows. Yeah. To the point where in Star versus the Force of Evil, there are Gravity Fall Easter eggs. <clears throat> like the and tourist not... group from yeah. Gravity Fall shows up in Star. And actually, one of the things that either just happened or is happening soon is Cartoon Network's doing a huge crossover event with all of their shows. Yeah. So like Steven Universe, Star, OK, KO, and something else are all going to be have like a whole connection thing along with like a bunch of the old cartoon cartoons showing oh, really? up. really? Wait, yeah. Star is going to be involved in that cuz Star is a Star Disney. Is Disney. Oh, Star is Disney? Never yeah. mind. Then. So it's just Steven New- so it's then that's all the Cartoon Network ones. Oh, okay. Not Star. That would but be freaking awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> but like but like all of like I am Weasel and like Cow and yeah, Chicken okay. and stuff are going to show up in this cuz they go to like the nexus of all the Cartoon Network cartoon shows. That's awesome. That's uh, insane. Oh my god. That's exciting. <laughs> So yeah, so after Over the Garden Wall is when I jumped over to my horror movies for the for the week, and I watched <laughs> Rubber. Have you ever watched or heard of Rubber? I've heard of Rubber. I've heard. What do you know of Rubber? Um, I've heard pretty much everything of Rubber, but okay. it's it's a serial killer's brain that gets or conscious consciousness or whatever. Mm, no, that gets put it's into not. See, that's no. See, okay. that's just it. No, here's the funny thing about that. It is an art film that is parading around as a slasher film that is mostly just kind of a cheesy bad movie. Awesome. <laughs> because the movie opens up with a shot of, and I'm not kidding when I say this, that like, shot of a bunch of chairs on a desert road and this car starts weaving between them and hitting them and knocking them over very artsy way. And then the car pulls up and the director, dressed as the sheriff, because he shows up later as the sheriff in this movie, gets out of the car and starts talking about how half the stuff you see in movies, no one really put any thought into. They just happen for no reason. And so he's like, the first thing he says is, in E.T., why is the alien brown? No reason. Like, okay, why would anybody ask that question? And he goes through this, but then he starts getting into really dumb places where he's like, in a JFK, why did a random guy assassinate JFK? No reason. The whole point to JFK is that you're trying to figure out the reason why he shot JFK. What are you talking about? What? And so basically what he's doing, he's he's setting up the fact that a bunch of random crap's about to happen in this movie and they didn't put any thought beyond other than, oh, I bet it would be funny if a tire came alive and started killing people. Like That's all he's doing. I have wanted to watch Rubber (laughs) for so long and I've just never been able to. Like I've never been able to have access to it. It's like it was like a three. It's one of those like three dollar rentals right now on on like YouTube and Google Play oh, okay. and stuff. All that's right. that's how I ended up finding it. All right. Because yeah, it was like it was on Netflix for a little bit, dropped off. It's not really anywhere like streaming, you know, quote unquote free for any of the th- services you're subscribing to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's 
it's such a dumb movie. I watched it like three times, and every time I forget half the dumb <laughs> shit that happens in that movie because it really doesn't. It, it, I mean, he's he's right in that it doesn't make any sense. It's got no reason to it. The tire, like the first opening 15 minutes of the movie is the tire becoming sentient and then starting to figure out how to move. And then it figures out it can crush a can. And then all of a sudden it blows up a rabbit. What? Don't know why. It just blows up a rabbit. Because <laughs> like, it oh, can, oh, damn it. I can do that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know like, why I thought it was a serial killer's brain. Because that makes sense in some way. That's the problem, <laughs> is that you were thinking that there was a oh story. Oh, God. <laughs> made one up? <laughs> um, oh, man. And, of course, like, the whole time there's, like, a, a, there's, like, an audience watching this thing. That he's got, like, there's, like, a, an audience, like, in the movie watching this thing with a couple of character actors I actually recognize from like community and stuff but they're watching it but they're also like left to fend for themselves in the desert while they're watching this movie go on it was just like oh yeah here's some sleeping bags now go get some sleep and the movie will continue in the morning I oh guess my God. it's like oh it's the weirdest thing like and it, it honestly has this whole feeling like this guy was like I want to make this really profound art film about sentience in life and also Killer Tire, I guess. And some studio went, no, would, no, we're not going to give you money for that. He went, fine, I'll make it myself. And it just got out of hand from there. <laughs> like, it's got this Amazing. weird... It's, it's, it's fantastically stupid. I love it. It's I, fantastic. I love it. Um, That's that, I, just, I literally just said the same thing that you said, but meaning a different way of saying it. I have no idea what sentence you just said. <laughs> okay, you said, sorry, this is derailment of all derailment. But it's like, language is weird? You said it's fantastic and I love it, but you're meaning like the actual movie because you've oh. seen it. I said that's fantastic and I love it because <laughs> the idea the of, it, of, it the of it, the concept of it, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly that. Uh. And it was just like, I just said exactly what Zach said, but I didn't mean it the same way. <laughs> and I don't know why that made me stop. Continue. Because someone was going to notice it. Someone's going to be like, you guys are repeating yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so well, then, why are you just repeating what each other says? <laughs> yeah. So after, um, found, uh, after Rubber, I watched a movie called Found Footage 3D, okay, which is on I Shutter. I saw that on your list. And I was like, that's not a real thing. It, it is. So what it was was someone was, they were trying to do like a horror comedy parody of found footage movies. I would actually argue that while it's a very, it was actually a pretty good horror movie that I like found footage movie for when all is said and done. I would say that it was about like, I would never, I wouldn't have said it was a comedy. Mm. Like there are funny bits to it and there are like funny lines to it. But in the same way that there's a lot of like funny bits to scream, but I would never call scream a comedy. Um, okay. I got you. But, but it was, it, but what it was supposed to be was like a satire of found footage films where this crew is going to go out and make a found footage movie in the way that they're justifying still making found footage movies in 2016 or whatever the movie came out because you know, they're long dead and no one cares about found footage movies anymore. Is they're like, oh, we're going to make it in 3D. And they're like, wait, you need to have a story reason why your found footage movie is in 3D. And so the director's like, oh, we'll, fil we'll, we'll film the behind the scenes 
documentary we're doing in 3D2 and make a whole meta thing about filming, making our found footage movie about making a found footage movie, all of it being in 3D from top to bottom. And really, it's just that the guy is just a jackass. And it's great because, like, the whole story to the movie is very clearly just the same story going on with the couple that are making the movie because like the director and his ex-wife wrote the found footage movie oh, wow. and then they were going to star in it, but then they got divorced. And so now they are playing two characters that are in the middle of their, their marriage breaking apart. <laughs> it's so like, it's just meta weird, stupid well, levels top a, to bottom. It's a movie within a movie within right. real and life. What? It literally is, and it literally is that the story that they wrote for their found footage movie is now happening and that something is coming out of the woods and killing people because of the negative energy that they're putting out from fighting all the time. Wow. And then that's exactly what happens is a thing comes out of the woods and starts killing them and their crew because of all the negative energy coming out. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's so like, it's and like. That's weird. That's yeah. interesting though. <laughs> It was like a really weird, it was like, I was like, oh, okay, you actually found like an actual concept that I find interesting in all of this, in that, like, they, because they even talk, they, they, they get into these like actual conversations about the problems with found footage movies where it's like, it's really easy to open one up and be like, oh yeah, we're filming stuff for our family vacation, this is great. The problem is you hit act three when someone very clearly should have thrown the camera away and run for their life at that point. <laughs> why it's, do you so, still have to yeah, so exactly. so you have to answer the question, why are you still doing that? And the problem was that they all got there and the guy that had hired them all and put this all together had still not written the final act so he didn't have an answer to that question oh my god <laughs> and so you start to see all these problems with the production oh it's so good That's it's funny. so like it's so That's weird really funny and weirdly largely there's one super bloody scene mm-hmm. but really other than that there's really not a ton of blood to that movie either which is really interesting um so it's not cool. like a, it's not like a gory movie. It is just like there's like a couple of scenes where like someone gets scratched and bleeds a lot, and then there's like one other super bloody scene, and that's it. The rest of it is all just, you know, character setup and the weird shit that's going on yeah. around them. That, yeah. Are found footage movies usually bloody? Like I feel uh, they are. No, because they but... it, well, it depends, but it's usually they're done on the cheap because yeah, they exactly. I mean, and so a big part of that is we that's I mean, that's another reason why. And again, they go into this in the movie, which is great. Uh, it's you can make a you can take five people to make a movie to make a found footage movie as opposed yeah. to the 30, 40, 50, 100 it takes to make a full studio film. Because what you need is a handy cam mm-hmm. and someone to hold a microphone. And that's it. And then like someone to do the editing. Otherwise, you don't really need that many people yeah, to make exactly. a found footage. <laughs> so like, yeah, Um so that that's that was I recommend it to anybody who find it. I watched it in 2D. Technically, the whole thing is supposed to be in 3D, but I don't have a 3D TV or <laughs> monitor or that. But um, and then it was actually produced and for one scene actually stars. Um, this is going to lead into Tank Girl, I promise. Thank but we got one yes. more place. We got one more place awesome. to go. So the reason that I knew about found footage is a podcast I've been listening to, which is called 80s All Over. Okay. It's a great, co- great podcast for anybody that likes 80s movies or just film in general. Be- what they're doing is month by month through the 80s going through the major film releases oh, and talking cool. about every okay. movie going out. So talking about not just the big classic stuff, but also the stuff that may have been forgotten and the stuff that was like huge at the time that no one even talks about anymore. Like all of that. And the two guys that host it. Uh, Scott Weinberg and Drew McQueenie, I think their names are. Mm-hmm. They've been writing about film their whole lives. 
I think Drew McQueenie worked in like the film industry for a while and now writes for it. Scott Weinberg, I think, writes for Birth Movies Death now. And he's actually one of the producers on Found Footage. And he's in the movie. Awesome. <laughs> they make a big deal like, oh, Scott Weinberg, the big, the big horror movie writer is going to come and talk about our film. So we got to make sure everybody's in good shape to talk about it. And of course, he shows up and the whole thing's a disaster. But it's, it's, like, it's just like great that it's like he's the producer of the film. Awesome. And they're talking about how great of a how great of this huge writer he is. Um, That's so, but so meta. <laughs> yeah, it was it was super meta and super fun. But it was but what I love about this show is, um, I mean, it like really contextualizes the the eighties and eighties film in general. Where these guys are talking about you know what's going on at the time when these movies come out, like the war on drugs is getting started in places and the AIDS crisis is starting and Reagan and all this stuff. But they do it. They do this really nice thing of like getting you get like a real idea of what the 80s were like because these guys grew up through it and not just the six or seven movies that people talk about that come up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and uh, anybody that's ever listened to Say Report um, <laughs> will know that Seijin and Devin have talked a lot about the 90s not feeling like they have that same kind of identity yeah, that yeah. the 80s had. I think largely because we are not in the 90s nostalgia yet. I think a lot of what we think about with the 80s is based on that like 80s nostalgia stuff that's huge now. And once we get to the 90s, we're going to feel that way. Oh, yeah, and I can totally. guarantee you that one of the top 90-ish movies ever is going to be Tank Girl. Yes! Because <laughs> Tank Girl might be the most 90s-ass 90s oh, yeah. movie I have ever seen. <laughs> and I love every second of it. Starting with the fact that there's like a three-minute stop in the movie so that they can do these random shots of her on the tank yes! for no reason. Yes! It's like a three-minute music video that just happens in the middle of the movie so we can... And then... And that's before the dance sequence. Yeah, they had a dance sequence to go for it! Because, like, why not? I remember, so the first time... So, we... So, Devin introduced... I don't know when Devin introduced this movie to me, but I was, like, a kid. I don't know how old. I was... I don't know. I was probably like 10. It was when the first time I saw this movie. And the Cole Porter scene happens. I was not 10. I was definitely in high school because I made a Facebook post about it. So <laughs> never mind. Um, but the Cole Porter scene happens. I'm like, this is the greatest movie of all time. Like, this is the greatest movie <laughs> of all time. Uh, this is the rush I'm, of me movies. Yeah. No. So anybody, for somebody, for anybody out there listening that has never actually seen Tank Girl, I'm sorry, we jumped right into how much we love it. Let me explain this because it also makes no sense when you're watching it. No. This is post-apocalyptic Australia. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the it's fact like that Mad the movie Max, opens up with but, a shot but, of the Golden. <laughs> let's start with the fact that the movie opens with a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. But this is post-apocalyptic Australia. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, it was Tank filmed, Girl in so long, and yeah, I know, I remember it was, so it much. It was also, it was filmed in New Mexico and Arizona. I looked up a bunch of stuff about the movie nice. because I wanted to make sure I could talk about it. Nice. Um, but, like, it, it was shot in New Mexico, like, in my area, New Mexico and Arizona. But for some reason, oh, awesome. the first thing you see is a bridge that, unless there's a bridge in Australia that looks exactly like the Golden Gate Bridge, <laughs> that's the Golden Gate Bridge. But, but whatever. Don't uh, question also, it. Also, no one has an Australian accent except Naomi Watts, who is obviously faking it because she's not Australian. Yep. So she was the only person that got the memo that this movie takes place in Australia. Yep. But it's like if Mad Max and Deadpool were mixed together to make this beautiful movie of this woman 
who's living just living with a boyfriend and a couple of friends and a couple of kids they take care of out in the middle of nowhere. They're siphoning water from the big bad guys who are like the water and power company. They get raided because, uh, you know, the water, water people are evil mm-hmm. and everyone gets killed. The little girl gets taken away. And so she and then she gets arrested by them. Mm-hmm. So after escaping prison, goes to save the girl and then. Uh, joins up with a bunch of mutant kangaroos to take out the water and power company. One of them being played by Ice-T, thank you very much. The best part of the whole movie is that Ice-T plays just a very angry mutant kangaroo. (laughs) I mean, if you're a mutant kangaroo, you deserve to be angry in some some respect. But, like, it's so good. It's and the best so line good. is that this is before he's on Law and Order, and yet yep. someone still turns to him and says, "What did you do before you were before you were turned into a kangaroo?" I was a cop. <laughs> well, well, there you go. <laughs> yep, yep. The so oh, the craziest man. thing. Okay, well, I can't say that sentence because this entire movie is crazy. Oh, it's crazy top to bottom. But like... <laughs> so the the coolest part is that the water is. There's that moment, and I'm pretty sure this is right, right? He, like, had... Malcolm McDowell is the bad guy, which is fantastic. great. Fantastic. It was fantastic. Like, it was, like, my first introduction to Malcolm McDowell. Um, so he will never not be that crazy guy who <laughs> who takes water from people to drink. Like, he takes yep. the water that is existent like just... in humans. That's his way like, of killing people and torturing yes. them. It's just suck the water and then out of them. Drink their water. Uh, and it's like on the base level of that, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> but there's so much else going on in this movie that it's like, eh, it's just normal. It's just life. It it's it's weird because like you think about the fact that like sci-fi movies and stuff, like some of their biggest problems are world building. It's like we don't understand mm. the world that you have built. Yeah. No. Mad Max, it even took them, like, to forget the fact that between Mad Max and Road Warrior, the world completely changes and they have <laughs> to, like, reset it. But this movie is just, like, you get a voiceover from her at the beginning that's like, hey, well, it's 2033 and there's no more water. The end. Okay, yeah. cool. Everything else is just, I guess, we'll just go with it, which is why it's okay that there's, like, a nightclub that they go to. And- oh, yeah! Which is where they have the whole dance sequence in, like, there's this huge water company, but it also looks like there's no, like, who would be buying the water from them because mm-hmm. they're apparently not allowing people to use the water they're taking. But and who cares? It much, doesn't matter. Big, evil corporation. Yeah, it's crazy. And pretty much everybody lives underground, right? Like, like you, it's because it's so sandy. Like, there's such a drought that you pretty much have to live underground or else you will right, in order just to, be to stay cool. Killed. Right. Like instantly, pretty much. Oh, oh God. man! It's it it's so I loved Tank Girl so much the first time I wa- I watched it. Like I wanted to be Tank Girl for Halloween. I wanted <laughs> everything to do with Tank Girl, and instantly enough, I've never read the comics. So um, about that, so we talked about that because I had not either until yesterday. When I went on Amazon, and apparently the Kindle version of the original classic Tank Girls, they're mm-hmm. like $1.50 really? to get the original, like, not the whole set, like each. So, like, yeah. I've got, I think it's 12 issues are the original, is the original 12 runs, and each one of them is like a dollar or $2. That's... So, I've got the first two sitting on my phone that I've been reading. And when I talk about a 90s comic, oh my God. Really? It's like, oh my 
it's black and white. It's busy. There's like a thousand different things going on. You got to try and figure out where the hell your eyes are supposed to go. Uh, like it's walls of text in places because they're like everyone's gonna have like these huge monologues yeah. for things. It's oh man. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, and, and then it's just like, yep, I'm just gonna roll in and kill a bunch of people and leave. <laughs> and unless this comes up later in in like the later comics, I'm pretty certain that the actual the film, which was developed along with the original creators, uh, is like a prequel to all of it because she's already mm. got the tank in, yeah. in issue one. So like, so I don't think that the the movie is using any sort of existing story, yeah, which no, I'm actually okay with. It definitely with the feels idea that, like, like origin. Right. It feels like an origin story. And also, like, since the comic doesn't really seem to care that much about its own world building, like the movie just kind of doing a little bit mm. and just going with it works, works perfectly. Um, also, just love the fact that she is basically proto Deadpool. Oh. Like, I, I would like I have no doubt that the guys that wrote at the very least wrote Deadpool. I don't know about the people that write the comics, but the people that wrote the Deadpool movie, I think, have watched Dead Girl. <laughs> Because, I think, yeah, I get because that. she's making references to crap that does that don't make any sense for her to be making reference to. Yeah. She references Baywatch. Yeah. Now it's 1993 or 1995 when that movie comes out, so obviously we all know what Baywatch is. The problem is in the movie it's 2033, and she's like a 20 year old woman. There's no way she knows what Baywatch. Yeah, is. No. Um, it's yeah, because there is like fourth wall breaking too. Like a little bit, yeah. But, and then there's like yeah, but especially it's like with, this um, weird fourth wall breaking that. She's not like talking to the audience, but she's talking to a audience. She's just like talking like, to herself because talking. she's a little insane. Yeah. yeah, she's just like like but it still feels like fourth wall because there's no one else around. Yeah. So it feels like she's talking to you. And then there's like <laughs> these like interstitial things of like animated sequences that were yep. done by by the guys that did the original comic where they they are just straight up like winking at the camera and talking to the audience there and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Do you know? So good. The other thing about the animator of that original comic, though, the guy who wrote drew the original Tank Girl. No. He created the gorillas. Oh, so the guy that the guy that shit. yeah the guy that drew the original Tank Girl comics is also one of the creators of the gorillas, and so. <laughs> Which I think that is perfect. That makes so much <laughs> sense. Oh, uh. that just blew my mind. <laughs> that, wow. That's awesome. That is so freaking cool. And, like, now that, like, I'm looking at it, like, I'm comparing the art styles and I'm comparing mm -hmm. the freaking characters to each other. Wow. Yeah. That's so yep. cool. I know. I was like, I was the day I learned that, too. I was like, well, well. I mean, well, that's one of the few things I've heard recently that makes perfect sense. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to uh, focus on anything else for the rest of the day. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I had to, like, process that for a little bit. That's so um, cool. That's so cool. So, and then other than Tank Girl, I got the new Mario Party. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a Mario Party. I have, I've never not enjoyed a Mario Party game. I'm enjoying this one. It's a little different uh, because they've – it's strange because there's only four boards – Usually there's a little bit more, but they have tried to expand the variety in different ways where it's like every board you can play as a regular Mario Party game. Mm -hmm. And then they have what's called Partner Party, which is a two-on-two -two team thing. Oh, okay. And so they, they use the boards for those in a different way. Oh, cool. Okay. <clears throat> and then they've also got like um, they've got like a whole rhythm game section 
that you can go into that's specifically just these like rhythm games and using the motion controls and uh this really cool one that's you're working as a team rafting down a river and then every now and then you hit a balloon that will send you into a cooperative mini game and so it's just get to the end before time runs out yeah. and so they they basically have just like rather than put like a ton of stuff into it they just like spread it out among a bunch of different ways to play which i think is really cool That's and i've ever been, yeah. and i've done all of this with computer characters nice <laughs> which was the weirdest <laughs> thing playing that partner party with like a with like a uh computer partner because their whole thing is like just remember like you can strategize with the person you're playing with so one of you can go this way another oh, you can go oh, that way no. and back and i'm like i can't actually <laughs> i just had to kind of guess what the computer wanted to do and then figure out my own strategy after that oh, that's awesome. uh, <laughs> that's so good. like it's like yeah you and your you and your computer friend are <laughs> partners now it's like oh god oh great <laughs> just awesome. me and walla just me and waluigi trying to figure out who's going which direction <laughs> That just sounds difficult in any situation. <laughs> it's like sitting, sitting here at the, like sitting here at my, at, um, in front of my TV, like, well, Luigi, don't go that way. No, go that way. Where are you going that way? No, I'm just supposed to go this way. Just listen to me. <laughs> oh my god, ridiculous. Um, uh, that's pretty much been my week. That's fun. That's so, fun. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, just a jam-packed week. Yes, to talk about the worst people in New York. Yes, let's talk about. Worst people in New York. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, <laughs> okay, so the reason, the show we are about to talk about is called Friends from College. Um, it is a Netflix original series, I believe. Yes, and, and I um, want to say 2016? 2017. 2017, it was last year? Yeah, okay. it was last year. So, uh, a friend of mine she she goes to school in Vermont. She goes to um and she was tasked with an assignment from a professor to watch um a bunch of these like different it it was for a screenwriting class. They had to watch a bunch of pilots uh for television shows on Netflix. One of which was Cheers. Uh I don't remember the other one and the other one the was friends from college. So I remember her telling me this assignment and I'm like, oh, cheers is great. That's fantastic. Like I've never heard of friends from college. So I immediately added it to my list. Cause I was like, if you have to suffer through it, I'll suffer <laughs> through it with you. Um, and then I didn't watch it for a year uh, until Friday. Um, now this project this assignment has been long over uh she she texted me she talked about it last year with me and so i'm like well i'm finally gonna watch this like i understand that the the thing is over but i'm still curious as to why why you would assign this show so i started up and i'm like this is the worst <laughs> and I remember a show <laughs> that I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I remember like when it came out, it got a bunch of praise, and I think it's because it's Did mainly. It? Com I think it's because it's mainly comedians doing dramatic performances, and yeah. people were used to that. Like, but I, for whatever to reason. be funny, but like it's, it's like not. It's, it's the weirdest. It's the worst dark comedy because yeah. it's the we're bad people, so laugh at the fact that we're bad people, but and it doesn't anything to make them redeeming in any way no, that not you, yeah. whatsoever so yeah it's keegan michael key it's Co uh, kobe smolders who 
those two. I love those two. Um, Annie Par Parisi Parse Par. I recognize Annie Paris. I don't know. I recognized everybody, and I knew three people's names. Yeah. You said two of them already. <laughs> Fred Savage. Yep, that's uh, the other one. <laughs> uh, Nat Faxton, and then Jay Jay Supark. I want to say is how you pronounce her name. I could be pronouncing that wrong. Um, but yeah, so it's these six friends from college. And I don't know how time works in this world. So it's basically um, Keegan, Michael Key, and Kobe Smulders are now married. And yeah, it's been 20 years from college. So are they all in their early 40s? Is that they, they said? Are. So yeah, so Sam, who's played by Ernie. Um, Paris, she like makes a comment of how she buys herself a truck for her earliest for her early fortieth birthday present. Right. So they're forty years old, which, which means, for me, I mean, okay. Which, so I fell off of How I Met Your Mother. So I get I don't know if they ever addressed Robin turning forty in that or close to it or anything like that. So I don't but know. Of this entire group of people, the only one that I can even like remotely go, yeah, they're forty, is Fred Savage, and that's because I knew what he looked like <laughs> as a child from Wonder Years. Yeah, exactly. It's very possible the rest of them are that are in are, fact forty years exactly. old. But they all, to me, like, I'm still at a place in my life where I just go like, oh, yeah, everyone's in their mid-30s unless you tell me otherwise. Because yep. I otherwise I'm going to feel old if it turns out that they're older than me and I'm already 30. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so bad at, at, at ages and all that. But the, the worst thing about it is that so Ethan, who is Keegan-Michael Key, Sam, right. Annie Par uh, Paris, Nick – Nat Faxon, who I don't think his name ever is mentioned in the first episode. Is that I only, um, Fred Savage's partner? Like, no, no. Billy Eichner is Fred Savage's partner. Who, like, I like Billy Eichner. I like him in the show. Oh, the and doctor? I, wait, the, the fertility doctor? Yeah, that's Felix. Oh, I could have oh, sworn. Well, I knew he, Okay, I could have yeah. sworn that. Okay. Yeah. So there. Yeah. Obviously, I missed something. Cause I, yeah, oh, no. Anyway. Nick is the guy who's in a bunch of. Of bunch of movies, who is always like a side character who has like a couple funny jokes and he has goofy f teeth. <laughs> He's the guy who gives the. I hope this doesn't offend anybody. It does not offend me. He gives the cunt speech. Yes. Okay. So, um, no, I thought because what happened. I can tell you exactly what happened is that in that first episode, um, I don't know. The lighting was really weird the in this. Is by the not way, not good. So I. <laughs> When he, when Fred Savage introduced his partner, I thought he was introducing him. I didn't realize he was well, introducing that, Felix. Okay, when they all showed up and were like all, that like scene is loud awful. and right, because everyone's <laughs> like loud and obnoxious and it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I saw like kind of a dark uh, shadow yeah. on his head, and then I saw the turtleneck. Yes, I guess. And you. so I assumed that that was the same guy later, who is also wearing a turtleneck, which is not helpful. <laughs> People, come on. I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, that yeah. the first meeting where they all meet together, except for Sam, because Sam and Ethan are having an affair, even though they're right. both married, and it's been going on for 20 years. If you've been having sex for 20 years, just marry each other. Why even <laughs> marry other people? Like, at that point, you're basically married. <laughs> you have yeah, feelings for each other, and, like, you clearly have feelings for each other other than just sexual feelings. Like, they clearly care about each other. 
But in the same instance, they don't. Because she's a real bitch when it comes to his books. And I mean, that's and the other thing is that, like, like the, the amount to which they don't make you... They don't make you feel good about their relation about their affair and relationship versus their marriages yeah, no. which is usually what you have to do in order to go like oh yeah no these okay. people should leave their these people should leave their families and be together yeah. like you have to make for some reason you have to make one of those look better than the other and in this case it just looks like they should stay in their marriages yeah. i don't see why they're having an affair is yeah, the problem yeah it, it's just I mean, because it started in college her husband right. is really nice. Like, I really like he's John. He's really nice. He's kind of a dummy, but he's really nice, <laughs> yeah. which is really funny because he's such a jackass on Ally McBeal that it took me a minute to, <laughs> yeah. like, adjust the fact yeah, that he's supposed Greg to be the nice Gurman. guy. Yeah. Uh, but I love, yeah. It. I love the, the Kid Cudi speech. It's like, why don't you the listen kid. to – he's four. Yes. He should be listening to Raffi. Yeah. Raffi sucks. He likes Kid Cudi. <laughs> he likes Kid Cudi. <laughs> yes. So there are definitely parts of that show that are funny. There are funny, like, one-liners and all of that. And I will say the final shot of the first episode where Ethan and Sam are kissing each other upstairs mm. and then the rest of the fence are just, I don't care about spoilers. <laughs> um, and the rest of the friends are just in the bottom over by the pool. Like that juxtaposition was really, really cool. And I wish the rest of the episode gave as much feeling mm-hmm. Give it tried as hard as tried that one. Tried as hard as that one shot. It's like they yeah. were like, we have a shot in mind. Let's try and make a sh- TV show around it. And they did not hit the mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, and like, and like the, they're talking about, so Keegan-Michael Key is trying to be a writer and he's got this book He is going. a writer. He's not <laughs> trying he is a writer. to be a writer. He is well, a writer. Also, so did before they say if we he go had... on, before we go on. They went to fucking Harvard. Oh yeah, don't even get me started on that part. Harvard. They just like pulled a freaking. They... I like to. I like to think that the reason they they chose Harvard was so that you didn't question the fact that despite like Keegan Michael Key not having a job, they apparently have. And, and uh, Kobe Smulders like worked for worked for the ACLU in Michigan, and now yeah. they're moving to New York. They apparently have enough money to still like get nice apartments in New York and have houses out in Connecticut and all this other stuff like that, that the Harvard thing just yeah. feels like, okay, just so you know, we're going to pull a rich school out of our asses so that you can all, you don't question the fact that, that they all have I, way too nice of an apartment in, in places to live than they I, should. I really feel like this show gives a bad light to Harvard grads because like, I, I, they're just so terrible to each other and to themselves like they're and really I would like, say that but i would even oh. say that like even like fred savage actually comes out looking like the nicest one out of all of them because i no, think he's actually no, ultimately he trying i think he's try. i think i think he's trying i think obviously like so here's the thing so here's what i wanted to, to talk about with with keegan mm. is he has he published before because it sounds like this is his first book after 20 years of being out of college. I so, got the impression that this was his first book that he was trying to sell to his friend's publishing company. I don't get it. I don't get it either. That's why, like, time makes no sense in this. Because also, before we go into that, Lisa, Coba Smolders, is four years younger than them. She was a freshman when the other ones were seniors. Right. But then there is a moment where Keegan-Michael Key is like... You guys are like, you guys are making me chase down a dream that I had when I was 18, so just stop. 
There's no way Colby Smulders knew you when you were 18 if she was four years younger than you because you don't graduate college until you're like 22. Of, until yeah. you're 22, 21, 22. Like, yeah, it's, that it's does all not make sense. Unless you also went to high school together, which, like, fuck. <laughs> you guys just, like, are so stuck in the past. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, is I, such, oh, it's so bad. But anyways. And, and who knows? Maybe the end of the series actually, like, addresses a lot of these problems. The problem yeah. is that I don't care about to getting to the it. end of the series. But, but yeah, so, so Fred Savage tells him that this book he's writing is not, people Gonna aren't sell. into it. And so he should go into young adult fiction, which is like the big thing right now. And then they go into this really shitty tirade about young adult fiction I, that yeah, sucks. It's terrible. It's the most pre- like it's the most pretentious idea of a young adult fiction, which I know people have. Yes. Oh, but yeah. you would think that creative people would understand differently. Yeah, like no. I just like I had this like it just feels like they had an axe to grind about young adult adult. fiction for some reason yeah and it's like i don't get it either because honestly i like young adult i think those stories are cool i think it gives kids something to imagine but his whole thing of like it's it's for adults who refuse to grow up and blah 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 and i'm like hey you're a hypocrite because you're clearly refusing to grow up doing that in your everyday life but so storm is his book but it's won awards and it's been read, so I don't I understand guess I just, why he's having trouble yeah, selling it to like, a publisher. Yeah, see, that's that was the thing that was confusing to me. I mean, yes, with, it's like, won awards I, that no one's heard of, but it still is won awards. Someone somewhere thought it was good enough to win an award. So why? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh and, man! And so, so to go back to the assignment that my friend was given. It was, like I said, it was a screenwriting class, and it was, like, to, like, talk about how you tell a story or how you try to, like, convey a story or start a story. This is not it. And I don't know if the teacher's intent was to be, like, look at these shows and compare them and tell me which one is a good start and which one is a bad start. Or if it's, like, learn from these successful television shows. Which, like, if I was in that class... First of all, the title of my paper would be Harvard, fucking Harvard. And then I would go on to explain how it was a terrible pilot and does not make me ever want to touch that show again. (laughs) Right. And it's uh, I'm just like I'm looking up something really quick about it because uh, yeah because there was something i had heard about when it first came out and maybe just wrong um but there's a possibility that a good portion of the show is improvised there's something about there's something about improvisation in the past of this show either the cast have all known each other for years and did improv in the past and that's why this cast is together in this show or the show itself is improvised but there is something about improvisation in the past that i just not finding it so i don't know but it's just it's just this weird – I think the problem – I think its biggest problem is that because it has the dark comedy aspect and especially because you've got someone like Keegan-Michael Key at the forefront of it, I think that it's supposed to be much more of a drama than it is a comedy. Yeah. And I think it's just really – but the problem is that I don't think they're comfortable with it just being a drama. Like mm-hmm. honestly, if this were a two-hour like indie film, 
I think they could think, probably do something yeah, with it. But it's, it's been made that it's before. A, it's been made before, and it's called St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Devin. I will give him all the credit for that, because I was talking to Devin about how I was going to talk about this on tonight's show, and he's like, well, and I said that I wanted to take notes on actors and stuff. So he started it up, and I'm like, I do not want to watch this again. Please get it off. So I rewatched it right before we recorded, and he was like, yeah, so it's basically St. Elmo's Fire, which is a terrible movie. <laughs> I have actually never seen it, so I can't oh, comment on that. So you've seen Friends from College. You've basically seen <laughs> St. Elmo's seen Fire. I've epi- seen one episode in 10 minutes of episode two. Yep. Oh, you've my God. basically oh, seen St. Elmo's Fire. That 10 minutes of episode two. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, it's so yeah. bad. First of all, first of all, I want to go to Jekyll and Hyde. I want to go to that restaurant because, like, that is awesome to me. But it's also, like, oh, can we talk about that kiss? It felt so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. After 20 years of a sexual affair, that that kiss is what we really got to talk about right now. Yeah, seriously. Like, it just, it's so, it it is the most, one of the most cringeworthy shows that I've seen in a long time. And, uh, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> that's our review. That's our that's review our of the review. day on that one. If you want to um, watch it, feel free. I don't recommend you do, but feel free. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, there was something more positive you wanted to end on, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, it was the fact that, yeah, we, we, uh, we oh, will end yes, on this. Oh, yes, no, I remember. So it yes. was the fact that um, I started <laughs> going to a gym. And, you accidentally um, did something. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally did something at the gym. So at the gym, there are classes, one of which is a kickboxing class. Uh, it's more like shadow boxing. We're not actually hitting bags or anything. And I've done another kickboxing class where we do hit the bags. So but whatever, that's another conversation for another time. So I was like really interested. I'm really getting ready to go to this kickboxing class. I've been to it before, and I was like, this is a good workout. I'm going to continue with this. I'm sorry that I just burped on Mike. Anyways, um, so I was all ready to go to it last night. I get there, and I call up my friend who was meeting me there, and I'm like, hey, I'm going into the class. I'll see you when you get here. And I'm standing there, and the, the time I went before, the class had already, like, basically, it, it started right on time. It started right at 7 o'clock. So it starts and it's probably maybe like 7.05 and I'm like oh, that's weird I mean it's five minutes who cares like I'll give it to them but the instructor hadn't even shown up yet so I'm like that's weird the instructor isn't even here but there's like a classroom full of people alright I'll give it whatever people people schedules are weird and then an instructor who I've never seen before at the gym walks in I'm like well that's strange alright we'll just pass we'll just move past it whatever and the, the number of things that are like, here's here's one red flag after another. <laughs> and I'm just like, whatever, let's That'll move on. I have to spend an hour here anyways. Um, so then my friend was like, I'm going to be late. The, the, I know the class is going to start without me. That's fine. He comes walking in and he's like, it hasn't started. And I'm like, no, like this is it's, it's very strange. So whatever. And the music starts. And it's um really like upbeat kind of like salsa esque music, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay, whatever. And we start the warm up, and it's basically like a one two step <laughs> for uh-huh. a warm up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 
what a weird warm-up. And I look over at my friend, and he's like, I'm pretty sure we're in a Zumba class. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no. Oh, no, you, oh, no, you've been Zumba. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, and I was like, no, it's not a Zumba. It says kickboxing. Like, we're here for kickboxing. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, this is just the warm-up. Don't worry. We're going to, don't worry. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pick up. It'll be fine. And then we go into a move where we're like playing air drums. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a Zumba. That is definitely like, a Zumba. I was like, oh shit. And I look back at him and he's like, this is Zumba and I'm going on the bikes. Bye. <laughs> and he just left the class. <laughs> and he just walked out. And I'm like, well, I need to stay now. <laughs> and I kind of want to see what it's like. Maybe. And there was still a thought in my head that it was like, that it was still kickboxing. Not even, not even anymore. You haven't even reached the point of maybe I just want to check out what Zumba is nope, now. You're no. still, you're still holding on to the idea. I'm that still you holding might... on to the idea that this is just a warm up. <laughs> and then, like. 20 minutes into the class, I'm like, this is fucking Zumba. I accidentally took a Zumba class. Oh, man. And then, to add insult to injury, there were signs posted saying, tonight's kickboxing class has been replaced with Zumba. Sorry for the inconvenience. (laughs) And I did not see those at all. Just blazed right past them. Oh, it was interesting. Dear. Zumba is is a workout. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I remember um, someone I someone I used to work with at Target actually ended up like going almost full time teaching Zumba classes yeah. as like their thing. It's cr- it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's a weird it's a weird thing to do, but because it's like <laughs> dancing, right? Right. But it's a step above dance. Like, I like dancing. I took um, dancing electives in high school and everything. Like, I I really do like dancing. And dancing is an immense workout. Like, it, you have to be fit to dance. Um, but Zumba takes it to, like, another level. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it's like, I'm dancing, uh, but I'm not The CrossFit dancing. of dancing. <laughs> like there were even points where I'm like I'm just gonna do a one two step that's all she's doing and then she would like add something else into it and I'm like no 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 that's not that's not what my brain wants to do right now <laughs> like there's like arm movements that you have to do it's crazy it I mean it's a good workout I might do another Zumba class now that I've done it so like worked out for the good but like it, Get your I one was me, and now they're gonna <laughs> hook you in. <laughs> oh my god yeah it was crazy so that's my little positive ending to this episode oh god i'm just like i just can't imagine like i just don't know how i would have reacted in that situation i don't know if i would have just frozen up entirely <laughs> i just don't know don't. oh my god and it was like i cannot do these moves whatever people want to make fun of me they can go screw themselves oh you're in a zumba class on a Wednesday night. What do you have to <laughs> laugh at anybody for? Exactly, right? <laughs> oh God. But yeah, that's. I mean, that's it. That's all I got. There you go. I got. <laughs> I, I got nothing else. I'm good. It's been a loaded, loaded week. It so. has. Yeah. 
Uh, do I exit the show? I think. Oh, I don't know. Go ahead. You All do right, it. I'll do it. This has been the Say Report Junior. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed this crazy episode. Um, really hope that you can that you heed our advice and watch the things that we told you to watch and not watch the things that we told you not to watch. Um, but <laughs> if if you have any suggestions or comments or concerns or anything like that, you can follow us on Twitter at Say Report Junior. Um and tweet at us or message us or whatever you want you crazy kids want to do. You can also follow us on YouTube, uh, Say Report Junior as well. Uh, and you can also follow us individually on Twitter. And I am at Dale's Brain. And I am at Zerwiski. Oh, I'm stuck. Ow. Um. And yeah, that's that's really it. Hope you liked it. Subscribe. Keep 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 uh listening to us. I think we just need to go get ice cream. I think, I think need, so, too. I think this needs to end. <laughs> Take it away, Liz. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time.